Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. My name is Ann Ortley. I'm an astrologer here at the Bright Red Desk on the Upper East Side of Manhattan in New York City. And I have Max currently roaming around the desk, making me a little nervous that he's going to step on the phone. Uh, here we are on June 7th, 2020, and Max the cat is a little wild today. It is the eclipse season. The eclipses are here. Did you notice? Yes, I bet you did. The eclipses are here. We have six more weeks of eclipse season. We had the first one last Friday. We had the Sun Venus conjunction on um, uh, Sun Venus conjunction on the first second, and then we had the eclipse on the fifth, full moon eclipse, and now we are going down, down, down towards the new moon eclipse. You know, moon will be waning, getting smaller, narrower. Till the new moon eclipse on the summer solstice on June 25th, and then we have another eclipse on the 5th of July, and then we go two weeks after that. That'll be a full moon on the 5th of July. So a lot of energy in the sky, as you might have noticed. And, of course, uh, Mars this week is in Pisces. He's been in Pisces, and he is swimming towards Neptune, which he meets this week. Um and when he meets, we can, you know, we basically, when, when a planet opposes, uh, you know, when a planet is coming up in the closing aspect of a cycle, Mars met Neptune two years ago, and he's going to meet him this week, and he's going to say, okay, so now we're starting a new two-year cycle around Neptune issues. Neptune, of course, is in Pisces, and uh, it's about the dream. It's about the vision of the dream and how the dream works and what that looks like. And so Mars comes to Neptune, and it says... Uh, we're going to start stuff. We're going to be starting something. Now, June 13th is the Mars-Neptune conjunction. And uh, Mars is also generals. Mars is also how we how we take action, how we take war, how we do things. And, of course, this uh, particular excitement that we're in right now uh, with Mars and Neptune, we're squaring the nodes of fate at 29. Um, the nodes of fate are at 29, the sun and moon the full moon was at 15, so Mars and Neptune were squaring it, shooting it into Virgo, shooting it into the Virgo house. It's called a T-square. And uh, this week, we also have on June 14th, the second of two squares, of uh, the, second, the second of two squares of five total. You can tell Mercury's already in the shadow, man. <laughs> I've just been having trouble all week. So Pluto and Uranus are going to have their second of five squares this week. Uh, and that's going to be on June 14th, the day after the Mars-Neptune conjunction happens on June 13th. So we're going to we're going to see stuff. Eclipses always make us see things. They are very much about the the things that are unseen come to light. Things that have been going on, we start hearing about. People start talking. People start saying it. You you are not allowed to remain unconscious with it you might not want to see what you're going to see but the chart is going to show it to you the sky is going to show it it wants to reveal things and of course it's at the last degrees of the sign you know because just went in you know the nodes go backwards so they go backwards through the sign uh of gemini and sag um and so we're going to see that energy in stark contrast um and then we are going to go forward and we're going to figure out how to handle it we're going to have a new moon uh, that's going to be on the 21st. So as the energy kind of tapers towards the new moon, the thing that makes me a little concerned, and I, you know, when I see it, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm always like a little reluctant sometimes to make. Well, I try and say it nice, you know, and hard. Sometimes it's hard energy, and you try and say it nice. So I'll tell you what happened the last time Eris and Pluto squared each other. 
that was the impeachment weekend. Uh, that was the weekend the impeachment happened, and uh, that was Mayor you know, Bolton, was he going to testify? Les Parnes, you know, appeared out of nowhere. He had dinner with Donald and said stuff. And So that was one story that was going on. And, of course, because the stuff's in Gemini, we have two stories. That was also the weekend that Kobe Bryant's plane crashed, a helicopter crashed. Um, and, and, of course, that was a shock for everybody. It made everybody stop. And uh, so we have that part two. Uh, and there's going to be three more. So we really want to watch what happens on the 13th and the 14th when Mars hits Neptune and says, here we go, new story. And then the next day, Eris squares Pluto. Now, the first one, they were both direct. Um, this one, Pluto's retrograde, Eris is direct. So uh, the goddess of discord is in a dominant position. Now, ultimately, um, the uh, you know, so we've got people popping up and saying they aren't supporting him, um, Cheeto. But we're also having, you know, a recognition. We're seeing things and we're kind of looking at stuff in a different way and we're understanding it. We're, you know, I mean, the whole energy here, you know, if we back up and we do the sky view, the whole energy here is we're giving birth to ourselves and as a country, you know, we're having our Pluto return. Anybody that's had a Pluto return, you know what they're like. You don't want to go through it. But you know the best thing is that Winston Churchill, whoever's quoted is, you know, when you're in hell, just keep going, right? But we're also in the process of having a vision of where we go. Like, what does that look like? What is the purpose of this? And so it's a few, it's a few dichotomous voices, and it's saying, uh, you know, well, my purpose is this. Well, my purpose is this. And my pur-. So we have to kind of find where we can agree. Now, I don't think we're going to necessarily agree on this full moon, uh, on this eclipse, on this Eris-Pluto square. Um, I think we're going to get an idea of what's happening, you know, and we're going to see it on a different level. But we can expect dramatic action. That was a pretty shocking event when his plane crashed. Um, I would expect a similar event where people go, oh, my God, wow, wow. And then we go, now what? How could that happen? And so not that we really need anything else. You know? I mean, this is just like, can I, can I take a nap and maybe wake up in February when it's all over? Uh, but this is, this is energy. This is the energy we're working with. So I always refer people to the Wonder Woman movie, Gal Gadot. You know, she, she should have been named Eris, not, Aaron, not, uh, not uh, Diana. You know, and I do find the ERI people, Eric's, Aaron's, Eris. You know, I have a good friend who's a former Pentagon. She ran, you know, she distributed stuff for the military. Her name is Erin. So she's a strong heiress. People with strong heiress, Nancy Pelosi. Um, you know, there's a lot of AOC has one. Hillary has one. Men have it, too. You know, uh, Kepler and Galileo who said, you know, the earth revolves around the sun. Oh, don't tell the church they're going to be mad at us. Um, so we're going to watch the discord kind of go out. And I know it's hard to believe it can be even louder, but it is also it's a square. So it makes us stop. It makes us go, wow, it makes us pause in the same way that the Kobe crash did. And, you know, and there's this chaos and there's this chaos and there's this chaos. And then suddenly, you know, you learned that nine people had died in a plane crash and everybody paused and stopped and said, wow. And, yes, we were impeaching the president, but suddenly it didn't quite seem as important. It seemed like there was a shift. So that's the other part. It's a shift. The square's a shift. And that should be a pinnacle, right? You know, if we're saying the Mars, you know, Mars, we experience it as we're in the approach. So when it reaches it, we have that, 
we got here, we got here, we got here. So it's an interesting week. And, of course, it's eclipse season, so everything's heightened. Of course, it's high emotions. Mercury is in his shadow coming into his retrograde in a few weeks, in a week or so. Uh, But every time the moon changes signs, Mercury changes emotions. So, moon, moon was Mercury was in Capricorn. Moon was in Capricorn this weekend. So the protests were largely uh, not violent, not crazy, not wild. They were they were just plain old protests, peaceful protests. Everybody got along, you know. Whereas earlier in the week, when it was the Scorpio moon, it was much more violent. And I think you know somebody wrote me, and I want to to make two two comments. One. Uh, I'm a little dyslexic, so last week I said George Lloyd instead of George Floyd, but Lloyd and Floyd rhyme, and they were both first names, and in the moment when I went to say it, I couldn't remember what his last name was, so I apologize for calling him the wrong name. Uh, and uh, But the alliterative nature of Mercury and Gemini, that there's this duality that we're seeing two sides simultaneously, you know, we're seeing these... We're, we're being asked, and, and, and I do encourage you to look at the side that says this and the side that says that, because that duality bouncing back and forth between the two parts, right? And then the second comment was, it's rioters, uh, it's rioters and protesters. You're like, don't confuse the two. And I said, yes, but both realities are happening. That said, there are two separate categories. And I think that's really important that, uh, you know, when you have these energies in the sky, um, we have, you know, the right to assemble uh, under our Constitution and to grieve, to bring our grievances to the government. That's the whole idea of that First Amendment, the right of free speech. And that that is what we're supposed to be doing. That's what we're doing. We're bringing grievances and saying we would like this. And... Um, we then have to say, okay, and then that's that's your that's what you want, and then what do you want? And so that conversation, that Gemini in conversation, well, you want this and I want this, and how do we figure out what that middle place is, right? But then the other reality is that there are not so much anymore. It's dropping down. The violence part is dropping because everybody's going, you know, this violence isn't really serving us in a, in a good way. Let's come up with another way to get there because it it confuses things. People get hooked on that instead of what the real issue is, which is changing the structures that don't support people, that don't support that vision of everybody has an equal slice of the pie. Everybody has an opportunity to get there. And so I think when we're looking at this as a bigger picture and we're looking at Saturn as the structures in our life, Pluto as the transformation of the structures, and Jupiter as really big transformation of structures. There are global protests going on, and they include some violence too, right? You just kind of have to know. Sometimes there's that part of the group that wants to stir it up. That's the lower form. Higher form is, you know, we can do this another way. Um, What if we had a war and nobody came, right? And so our job is to say keeping it higher, keeping it higher, keeping it higher, understanding that everybody's human, we all bleed. We peeled our skin off. Nobody would know what color you were, right? You wouldn't know. Make you, make you, just take off that skin, that little wrapper, right? Underneath, everybody's got blood and muscle and sinew and bone. And Saturn takes us down to our bone, takes us down to our knees, and has us genuflect. We just saw a revision of uh, the kneeling during the, fire, uh, the flag, 
the anthem, which I never really got why people got crazy that it was disrespecting the flag. I was raised Catholic. You genuflect. You you bend your knee. You you honor. It's kind of like kneeling is a form of respect. Um, uh, anyway, but now the NFL guy came out and said, problem. Problem. I realized I was wrong. Hey, you know, the whole idea with this, the whole idea with this whole journey that we're on now is everybody being able to look at where they're right and where they're wrong and understand the shift. And I, I, I will quote you Dan Savage because I love him. He's this really smart uh, sex columnist out west, which I used to read every week in the Village Voice when I commuted to work. And he said, you know, when someone asked him about being mad at Barack Obama and Hillary because they changed their position on gay marriage, and why wasn't he mad at them? And he said, well, because they thought about it and they realized they were wrong. And they're allowed to change their mind. They're allowed to have their own opinion. They're allowed to think about it and realize maybe they weren't right and maybe they should change their mind. And I think we all need a little bit more of that. I don't know that we'll have it, <laughs> but we all need a little bit more. Like we're allowed to make a mistake. We're allowed to say Lloyd instead of Floyd, you know, because it's alliterative and I was talking fast and Mercury's in cancer and blah, 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 you know, the whole thing. And I was like, God damn, I can't remember his name. And then it came. But it's been saying, yeah, I made a mistake. I said it wrong. Um, made a mistake. Didn't mean it. Made a mistake. Figured it out. Learned something. And then when we go rigid, rigid, my way or else, we have to go, really? Your way or else? No, like let's let's come up with compromise. That's what Libra does. Libra says compromise. And remember, these planets, they're in Cancer and Capricorn, right? So they're not, uh, they're, they're squaring the U.S. stuff that's in Libra, the Saturn that's in Libra, the Saturn that's in New York's Libra, and saying, you know, the concept of justice, Saturn and Libra at the top of the chart. It, the top of the chart, the Sibley chart, Saturn up there at the top says, what's the balance? Back when I had my computer programming business and I would get mad because somebody hadn't paid their bill. And my attorney would say, hey, you know, Ann, you know, you wanna, how hard do you want to fight on this? You want to move on? You want to fight? What do you want? What do you want? You're not going to win at all. What's a, what's a uh, suitable exchange, a suitable compromise? Because remember, if we push and we win it all, then there's an equal and opposite reaction. It has to be a process that we get to a process that we get to through dialogue, discussion, and vision of what we're going to do and how we're going to get there. And I think that's part of the story that needs to be covered here with the Mars and Pisces, because Mars and Pisces is saying, I'm shifting the sands. It's like everything's soft. It's like the, the uh, water, it's softening everything up. So it's a really good time. I don't know if you ever made drip castles on the beach. You know, you'd get some water and you'd put some sand in it and then you'd drip them and you'd build these really beautiful drip castles because they were malleable with the water and the, and the dirt, right? They're malleable. We're in a malleable time. So we need to be really conscious of what the malleability, where we're shifting this towards uh, and what that shift is. And, and that's really important. Mars, Neptune, ask each of us to say, what is your dream of what you want? What is possible for you? I do a podcast with Amanda uh, Puwalsh of Astrology Hub, and she listens to um, the sermons out of the Agape Church in California. And uh, the minister there had used a um, phrase that impossible, you know, again, Gemini, here's Gemini, I am possible, right? So understanding impossible, but it breaks to I am possible. It's like we have to be very illiterate. Rose is Eros, 
right? So passions and it, 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 holding that space of duality, holding that space of the different options and then voting with our dreams, Mars, Neptune, voting with our vision, Mars, inviting, mo- voting with our how do we want to shift this? How do we want to make that drip castle on the beach that becomes this beautiful, you know, if you've ever seen them, I, I loved making drip castles as a child. Um, you know, what are we building? What's the structure? And we have to have a structure that can, you know, it's obviously we're withstanding a lot of change and moving through a lot of shiftings and people are having aha moments and people are digging in, which people will do. And I would encourage you when someone's in denial about something, just kind of look at them and go, okay, they're in denial. I had a conversation with somebody earlier and, and she was talking about someone who was really, really angry. And I said, you know, you got to let them have their anger. Got to let them have their passions, got to let them have their whatever. You have to know what you're doing on your side of the deal, and you always have to do your Saturn by sign and house. We're all in this story for a reason. We're all going through this for a reason, for a purpose, and what that looks like, right? What that purpose looks like for each of us. That's our job, is to do our Saturn. We're all incarnated at this time. We all have a role, acting in our higher, better good, looking for the higher vision of what we can be, when we do that, that helps. That helps a lot. And then we don't know how to do that if we just sit down and send out love. Because sometimes you just don't know what to do, but say, I, I send you love. I send you love. Uh, I, can't, I can't fix it. can't change it. I send you love. can't fix it. can't change it. I send you love. Right? Because that's the space. And of course, Pisces is agape, agape love. Yeah, I remember, I don't remember John Bradshaw. Might have been John Bradshaw. Might have been Leo Biscaglia. I think it was Leo Biscaglia. Um, and he talked about agape love, which is love without, without a hold, without a boundary, just pure love in and of itself. It's about the love. It's finding that love connection. And I know right now everybody's on love connection. What the hell is she saying? <laughs> But that's the vision, right? We gotta hold the vision, man. We gotta hold the vision, the love connection, you know, um, because that's really what it's about. You know, that's the love. My aunt died this week. My mother's sister, who's been I've known for 65 years, and as long as I've been on Earth, Aunt Kay's been around. Joan Kathleen was her name, uh, and she was my mother's younger sister, and. Um, one of the things with Aunt Kay was she was one of those people. She was a Cancer Sun and a Leo Moon, and she really, you know, really did not like negative. You know, like she would listen to you criticize and complain. And on occasion she would criticize and complain herself. But then she would go, but I'm going to focus on the positive. I'm going to focus on the, I don't want to live in critical. I want to live in, and she had a lot of Virgo, man. She had, woman had a lot of Virgo. So I know she went into critical. But then she would pull herself out and go, okay, so what are we going to do? What are we going to do to make it better? What can we do to improve it? And uh, so my cousin called, and she said, you know, the hospice nurse said that, you know, she's probably going to pass tonight. And I said, okay. And um, I said, well, let me, you know, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm, you want me to help? And she said, yeah. So I called. You know, I called my uncle. I called my cousin. I called my brother. My sister was already asleep in Germany, so I didn't call her. Uh, and I called pe- and I called uh, my Peggy's, my stepmother's kids were very close to Kay. They've known her 35 years. So I called them. 
And uh, they all called. They all called Kay, and Susan held the phone up, and all these people told Kay how much they loved her and how much she'd meant to them. And right after my last cousin called, Cousin Stephen, uh, she passed. So she went out on a cloud of love, right? I think what we want to focus on is the love. I think that'll help us. It's going to be really hard. You know, I've been telling you to get your food for the fall, and I saw this stuff go off now, and I'm like, holy cow. Like, this is now when it's easy? (laughs) What's the fall going to be like? So we really need to get our vision of love in there and kind of our vision of and our food supply, too. Don't forget the food supply, especially for the dog and the cat. But, you know, it was it. I was just like, wow, wow, okay. Now, with Mars hits Neptune, we're going to we are going to see a virus spike. Totally, totally plan on it. Uh, And of course, all these people that have been protesting, not always socially distancing, um, we want to just know that we're going to have that. That may be part of how we get to such hard aspects come the fall. Come August, actually, July 25th. And our job, our job here on Earth is to say, okay, we're going through it. We're going through the mix. And um, we're going to get to the other side as best we can. And the way we get there is we help each other and we love each other and we find where we can agree, not where we disagree. We can have our disagreements, totally good, but there's always a place where we can agree. There's always a place where we can agree. There's a brilliant astrologer named Carolyn Casey. We were in a car going to the airport, and it was a convention of orthodontists. And I was a little snarky. I have a snarky mouth. And I said, yeah, they torture children. They put braces on their teeth and torture them. Yes, I did have braces. And Carolyn said to the wife of an orthodontist in the car, she said, well, actually, you know, your husband and I are in the same business. And the husband kind of stiffened up and looked at her. And Carolyn has purple hair, and she's very, you notice her. (laughs) She goes, well, we both straighten people out. You know, because she's an astrologer and he's an orthodontist. And she found the point of agreement. There's always a point of agreement. There's always something we can agree on. And that's what we want to watch for this week. And when that Eris Pluto squares, we want to watch and say, okay, this is part two. This is part two. Three more and more after this. And the Mars-Neptune hit. They both hit that 17, that 13 and the 14th. So that's big. And then, of course, then... In another week or so, we have another eclipse. We're on a wild ride, folks, and we'll be okay, but it is wild out there. And your job, should you decide to accept it, is focus on the love, because that is how we get to the other side. Um, Okay. So today is the 7th. Let me take off my glasses, because I can't see anymore with glasses. This weird thing going on. I need glasses to drive. Now I need glasses to read my computer, but to read a book... I don't need glasses, so I'm like, the age thing is getting on my nerves. All right, um, although I do appreciate that I'm on this side of the dirt. I'm totally comfortable with that. So today is the 7th. The moon is in Capricorn. It goes void tomorrow afternoon at 2.06 p.m. with a conjunction to Jupiter. Uh, and then it is void in the afternoon on Monday. Going into So that's today is nice. Tomorrow is good. It goes void from 2.06 to 8.54 p.m. These are all Eastern time on Monday. And then it goes into Aquarius. It's in Aquarius Monday night. Tuesday goes void at 10.35 a.m. on the 10th with a trine to the sun. And then it goes into Pisces. It's void all day Tuesday afternoon. And it goes into Pisces at 5.32 a.m. on the 11th. And it's in Pisces on Wednesday and Thursday. And then on Friday it goes void at 8.45 a.m. with a sextile to Jupiter. 
So we got nice aspects, conjunction to Jupiter, trine to the sun, sextile to Jupiter. So this week is a lot easier than last week was with its intensity, but also Capricorn is practical, Aquarius is group, Pisces is how do we work, collaborate, get the dream. Five Moon is void all day Saturday the 13th, and then it goes into Aries at 5.03 p.m. Saturday night. So that one's, we don't always like those Aries moon. They can be a little harsh. It's going to be in Aries Saturday night the 13th. It's going to be in uh, Aries Friday, Sunday the 14th, and it goes void at 8.49 with a square to Jupiter. Now, because the moon's in Aries and we're kind of having fights, that weekend could be a little tough, right, Saturday night and Sunday. Um, but that, And that's also when Aries and Neptune meet up, right, on the 13th, next weekend. So, um, you know, just be a little more conscious those days because the energy can overgo, overgo. And the closing aspect of the Aries moon is a square to Jupiter, which is an overdoing. It can be okay, but the overdoing sign, of course, is the moons in Aries answering to the Mars and Pisces, meeting up with Neptune. So it's very watery and kind of unclear. But basically, the moons are nice next week. But that Mars, Aries, the Mars-Neptune conjunction, and then the Mars, uh, then the Aries-Pluto square, those are big. And those were pretty wild last time when we had them. They were the impeachment Bolton and Les Parnes, and then Kobe's helicopter crashing. Uh, this week, the sun goes from um, 18, 17 Gemini to 25 Gemini. And it is in quintile aspect, which are helpful productive aspects to the COVID clump that I've been calling them. So it's talking to Pluto nicely, it's talking to Jupiter nicely, it's talking to Athena nicely, and that's in the early part of the week, the 7th and the 8th through the 12th. Neptune, the sun squares Neptune on the 11th, which is often a very big emotional day. Uh, and that happens every year. It's not particular to this year. But it is very much about, you know, how do we see things in a way that's uh, supportive of us and that helps us really understand what our dream is. And I really do want people, with this energy, it's very potent, really focus on what your dream is and how you get there. Sun is in a semi-square to Uranus on the 14th at the same day that the Eris-Pluto square happens. And so that kind of, you know, is a little stressed. And the sun is also in conjunct to Pluto, forming a finger of God with him on the 14th, so we kind of have a finger of God that goes into next week, but it starts on Sunday the 14th. Uh, Mercury this week is 10 Cancer, going up to 15 Cancer, getting ready to station, but of course every day when the moon changes, he changes, and he gets emotional when he's in Pisces, he gets detached when he's in Aquarius, he gets firm when he's in Capricorn, and then next week when he's in Aries, he gets a little hot-headed. And that's also when all those hard aspects are. So just be a little careful next weekend. Mercury also hits the nodes of fate on the 10th, where he is talking to them and making, you know, things being revealed and seeing things. And he also hits Pluto on the 14th. So, again, we keep hearing the 14th. We also have Mercury making hard aspects to Athena and the node of fate on the 12th and the 14th. So we're going to hear news that we maybe don't like, but it makes kind of sense, but we don't like. Venus this week, of course, is retrograde. She's going from 11. She's going slow because she just, uh, she is. She's not going wickety-cut with being retrograde. She's going from 11 to 9, and she has a sesquiquadrate with Pluto uh, on the 10th, so she's got a little stress there. She's not really doing anything on the 13th, but she is 
uh, in a decision-making position, like maybe I think I'm going to leave or maybe I think I'm going to change stuff up. But she's in Gemini. She's going backwards. So this is like a week where people kind of break up or fight or, you know, you can have an argument with someone because, you know, you just can't take it a second longer. But it's also eclipse season and everybody's over-emotional. So when in doubt, keep your mouth shut uh, and let them rant and kind of look and go, okay, I hear you. Uh, Mars is contraparallel to Chiron on the 13th, and then it hits Neptune on the 14th, and then partnerships are really wounded on the 14th because Mars has a quintichili to Juno. Again, 13th, 14th, hard this week in the buildup as Mars comes into that Neptune. Uh, Jupiter is semi-square series this week on, on the 11th, so it's a lot of energy around how we nurture, how we take care of ourselves, what we do, and Uranus is... Um, a sesquiquadrate, uh, not sesquiquadrate, semi-sextile Chiron. So, you know, kind of unexpected wounding on the 10th in terms of direction. The big hoo-ha this week is the Pluto Eris Square. I have a friend, Kathy, and, <laughs> and she periodically calls me and she goes, what is Eris doing this week? You know, because her workplace erupts. Uh, and so she, Shout out to Kathy, you know, try and take off Saturday, <laughs> um, Saturday and Sunday, because the Eris energy is really going to be building. And we also have Athena in a really funky aspect to the nodes of fate. So you really have to kind of think about some of the strategic things that are being proposed, because they might not make sense. Even though Athena's in Capricorn, and it looks like it's a good idea, you want to kind of go, can we maybe reconsider that? Remember, Mercury's in his shadow, Venus is retrograde. So some of the stuff that's getting proposed is, you know, going to be like, really? You know, uh, can we think about that a little bit? And don't be afraid to say that, or just to listen and, and smile. Just smile and say, okay, I hear you. Uh, our job with this energy, we're going to be fine. Our job is this energy is how to work with it in a different way and to recognize we're all giving birth to ourselves. We're giving birth to our country. You're going to hear the people start to cre- scream on my corners here because the bells are going to ring. It's almost 7. And uh, remember, the eclipses are here. Everybody's extra emotional. I wish you a, um, I wish you a good week. I wish you a week where you're able to hold the space of your heart and uh, you know, send it out with love like we sent out Anne Kay. Um, lots of love to all of you, and uh, remember, we're all messy rooms. We all make mistakes. We all say, gee, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make that mistake. Or, gee, I didn't realize that. Let me figure that out. Let me think about that again. It's a good week to, to think about things, to kind of go, eh, maybe explain that to me again so I can see it in a different way, and let them try. And and we have to honor that that's how we get there. We have, how we get there is the dialogue, the connection, the communication, that we aren't always going to agree, but we can find that commonality that, you know, an astrologer is like an orthodontist because we both straighten people out. Really? <laughs> the whole van laughed, right? And the guy kind of looked at, Car- you know, Carolyn like, what? But she was right. So I wish you all, we're all right. We're all right and we're all wrong. And if we understand that, then we're perfect. Hey, or we're not imperfect. I don't know. But anyway, you get it. It's Gemini. And on that note, I'm going to hang up and wish you all a great week. Bye, all.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.